episode of Paranormal, The New Normal. I am your host, as always, Jeremy, here trying to make the world seem a little more normal one day at a time. But today, we ain't doing that. So that's off the agenda today already. And to help me make the world less normal as usual is my guest today, Dana Dunbar, who is an experiencer, which we'll get into that in a bit, but she is also an author of an amazing book that I started reading already, and I hope after everybody hears this, they will do the same. And I'll let you, I'll let her tell her, her, her yeah, I'll let you I'll let her tell you herself about the book in a little bit as well. But it is called Awake, and it is an amazing sci-fi book that we will get into shortly, featuring some of my listeners' favorite topics. So we'll get into that. But first things first, how are you doing tonight, Dina? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. I'm anytime I get anytime I can get up experience or well, any experience I'm glad to have on and an author as well. It just doubles the fun in this. So yeah, good. Yes. But I think we're gonna hear about that experience probably with this question I ask everybody at the beginning. Mm-hmm. What got you into the paranormal? Um yeah, I mean, well, I guess my yeah, I would be that experience. I'm trying to think if there was anything before that, but no, that was just normal. I was just meditating and, uh, you know, doing mindfulness, um, you know, practices and things like that. So, um, it was, uh, my experience happened in 1994 in the summer of 94. And, uh, I, um, went with my new new girlfriend at the time to, uh, drove from, um, San Francisco to Sedona, Arizona, and uh, went camping at a spot that a little hippie friend of mine um, in, uh, at work told me about. Um, and uh, you drive up three miles past, past the cattle guard um, on Schnebley Hill Road, and then you park and go up through some mesquite bush. And at the top, there's a flat plateau of uh, Red Rock Plateau and, and with uh, 360 degree views of, uh, the, um, spires, the red rock spires in Sedona. And we were up there by ourselves and there was a medicine wheel already on the property. It was really a beautiful spot. And, um, and the first thing that happened was we went to town about three days after, um, we got there and we went to a new age bookstore, which there are a number of in Sedona. And we did a meditation with this guy it just happened to be uh, starting when we got there and <clears throat> it was a normal meditation. And then at the very end, he said, um, I'm calling in a mothership to come and hover over the building. And uh, we looked at each other because this was not our, um, you know, in, in our, our lane at the time at all. And we just kind of like giggled and looked at each other and it was like, and he'd written some books about, you know, uh, being an experiencer in Sedona. So um, we didn't think much of it, you know, when in, when in Rome was what we thought that's just going to happen. So we went back to the site and um, the campsite and that, and the sun started setting and um, we saw this very bright light over one of the spires, um, very low in the ground and, and, and no other stars around at all. And we're like, you know, what was that? And, you know, got busy cooking, turned back and it was gone. Um, so that happened first and then it, the sun went down and, uh, we had the fire, a fire campfire going. And I was just looking up at the uh, constellation Scorpio and, um, it, uh, the points of light in that area, um, 
began to move and it was this light orange hue and it started to move like this in a swimming motion away from us and it seemed like right as i looked at it is when it started moving and i and chris my girlfriend turned and I, and she, you know like saw it and we were both like oh my god and something came through me i think that there was probably uh well i i know there was some something like that was going on with them telepathically and something and this was intentional so i said you know i had this opening come some just it just popped out of my mouth i said um we see you if you want to communicate we're here and um this is not <laughs> something i would have normally done and it immediately turned around and it started to kind of do this s motion back to us and it came all the way in front of us and just right, you know, our, our chairs are here, campfire here, and just came and hovered right in front of us. I don't know how far away it was. It was quite large at, at that point. Um, and um, it looked like it, light. It was, there was, I couldn't see any um, material, any, you know, anything metallic. It was just this light orange hue, and it was a light, and it was a moving light. And then out of nowhere, I mean, it, I noticed that there were two more that showed up um, and they were kind of back behind, like it was it made this triangle. So the big one here and these little, these other ones here, and they seemed smaller, but I don't know if they were just farther away or if they were actually smaller. Um, but they, you could tell it, they weren't, you know, stars cause they weren't there before, but also they just didn't, they weren't ever totally stationary. It was just like this moving kind of feeling. So it felt like, like, big one and then two sentries or something watching the whole thing and so i got scared and i said yeah i said uh i said chris they want to talk to you <laughs> my <laughs> girlfriend because i was like because she had had a uh one time in her life she had had an astral travel experience she traveled out of her body once and really wanted to do that again she was really into it and trying to study it and stuff and i was like i this is way over my head yeah they, this, you, you got to do this so she uh went out into the medicine wheel and she laid down and um immediately i saw a, a light come out of her body and go up to the ship and then come back down like a circuit. Huh. And it, yeah, and it was like, you know, and the reason that she went out into the medicine wheel is because earlier that night we had done this um, really cool thing. We went into the medicine wheel, put on some music and we're doing this kind of dance and like, you know, bring, like filling the stars and kind of like pulling down the energy. And we just had this lovely experience. So it was like, felt like the medicine wheel was this very, this, you know, powerful place. So for, for those who don't know, what is a medicine wheel? Cause I'm gonna say, I don't know myself. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. That's an assumption. So it is a, uh, from the native American tradition and it is made of rocks, usually about this big, um, you know, and uh, like a size of a cantaloupe or sometimes bigger. And uh, it's a it's a big circle, and it's oh, okay. made and it it's created to look like a wheel, you know. It they made with rocks. Oh, and I it, can see it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's out on this red rock plateau, and it was there when we got there. 
So, and then, but there was no one around uh, anywhere around us. So, yeah. So sorry about that. Yeah. I kind of had assumed people know what that is. So, so it's this round. So she goes out to this, you know, this thing and she lays down, this light comes out, shoots out of her and comes back down to her body. And I was like, you be good to her, like out loud, looking at the, the ship. And, and immediately I heard this voice and it said, don't worry, we will. And I, my, my mouth dropped open, first of all, that I could hear somebody, you know, answering me, but also I, I, I recognized the voice. <laughs> and um, in the previous six months, I had had a um, totally, uh, you know, experience just again, I'm not, I was never, I was not one of those kids who was had access to like other beings and, you know, spiritual experiences, nothing like that. So my, the meditation I was doing, I was doing meditation. I was, I had been quite ill. So I started meditating, um, for that reason and doing acupuncture and alternative types of things because I was, I had been sick, but, um, so, but in the previous six months, my meditation in my meditation, this energy, this being would show up in front of me and just sit there in front of me. And it was this, uh, it was an energy and, and I couldn't see her. It was definitely a female. And she told me her name was Kaya, but the only thing that, that she did was she would just sit with me and just, it was just like this incredible loving presence and she would sometimes, you know, it felt like she always wanted to like hold me and was just so, so, so loving with me. And I told a few of my friends, I was like, I don't know what's going on, but this happens absolutely consistently every time I meditate. Well, it was her, it was her, I could, it was, it was her voice. And, and so I said, Kaya, is that you? And she said, yes, it is. And later I realized that she had been kind of preparing me for this experience um, because, you know, there's no time and it's not linear to them. And so, um, you know, I, I was just completely blown away and I was like, but there was also this, this energy and I, and this is in my book too. I kind of recreate this scene in my book where there was just this kind of calmness that was happening at the same time, you know, like there, they, they, there was this energy of just deep relaxation and calm and, you know, like any kind of fear, anxiety that would come up, it just couldn't, I couldn't like sustain it. And, um, and especially after I heard her voice um, and I knew her energy, I was like, okay. And then I really relaxed, but there was something there. There was some kind of, energy field or something that they had that, that that was emanating so at the same time this light's still going up to you know chris is having this thing go on i am having this kind of experience with kaya and i asked her like why are you all here and she said um that they are observing um they're both do doing two things they're observing and they're actually holding the energy for us to go the right way because what they're observing is which way are we going to go are we going to go you know toward conscious evolution or are we going to go down into you know and and uh toward kind of extinction and you know mass chaos and 
and all of that devastation and destruction. So she's like, it basically kind of got it across to me that it was like this hot spot in the universe is very entertaining um, place to, to, to be. And, you know, they were almost like these uh, socio, it was like a sociological, <laughs> you know, uh, observation going on. Um, yeah. And uh, they were very fascinated, very fascinated with us uh, and what's happening here. And um, she did say that they're not at that time anyway, and I keep I hope this changes um, that they're not going to uh, inter in intervene like directly um, and, um, you know, land on the White House lawn or anything like that. Um, and I, I again, I would love that to change. But, uh, yeah, she said that's not what they're going to do, but they are holding this light that and this energy for us to go in the right direction. So that's all happening. And then we just are sitting in this love, which is what we had done before in the meditations. It was just this incredible love and joy and bliss kind of feeling. So then, you know, then I see the, the light disappear from Chris and she gets up and she walks over and she tells me her experience. And she said she went up to this ship in her uh, energy body I tell this story. I've told this story now because I, I haven't told it for, uh, I, I didn't tell it to hardly anybody till last year when the book came out. And I had to decide if I was going to tell the story um, yeah. or, or lie about what, how my, you know, what's your inspiration. So anyway, I, and I, I still, still telling it, I'm like, this is unbelievable. It's like unbelievable. This actually freaking happened to me. So anyway, so she comes over and she, um, tells me that she went into the ship in her light body and she, um, there was a male um, being there. And we think uh, later we kind of, kind of deduced that we think he was wearing some, some kind of suit, maybe an, it was some kind of shielding protection or something so that she, we think it was probably so that she could handle being in his presence. Um, because he was very smooth, didn't really, really featureless, hairless, um, three fingers, didn't have, uh, very tall, didn't have, um, you know, yeah, he just, he didn't have any real features to him, but she could feel him really profoundly, like I felt Kaya. And um, he took her by the hand, and it was in this kind of like amphitheater type of um uh, place, not a very big one, but um, a small amphitheater. And um, at the bottom was a, a kind of a slow stage with kind of a um, platform at the bottom. And um, he took her hand and he started walking her down these steps toward that. And she uh, got scared because of the, you know, probe, probes and abductions and, you know, that kind of research and all that kind of stuff that, you know, we've all heard of. And so she yeah, and she got scared. And so when he felt her getting scared and, and her like going like contracting, he's like, it's okay, you don't have to go down there. And they just sat on the stairs and had basically the same conversation that I had with Kaya. And, um, and that same, she said, again, it was mainly this just exchange of incredible amount of like love that is not anything that either of us have ever experienced before since in the human at the human level um that's just not there's no equal to it here um and so yeah so she was just 
completely blown away, like pinwheels in her eyes. And um, I said, well, I was kind of in the middle of something with Kaya. And, uh, you know, I told her about my experience and I said, I, I think I want to finish. I want to go, you know. So I walked out to the medicine wheel and I sat down cross-legged and I, I said, I uh, looked up and I just said, I, I'm ready. Like, you know, I, I, I want to come up. And um, she uh, hesitated and I could tell that she was like, kind of like hold, hold on for just a moment and that she was consulting with whoever was there with her. And after a few moments, she came back and she said, you can't come up here. And I was like, why not? She got to. And she said it would um, blow out your, your energy system. Like you couldn't handle it. And um, so I was like, uh, I was really, I was really disappointed. Um, but I'm so grateful she did that because it's true. <laughs> it would have, uh, I, you know, later I was like, you know, there was evidence to prove that. So, so I said, okay, well, can you come here then? And she, it was like this big smile in her voice. And she said, yes, I can. And I realized after that, if I had not asked her, she would not have come. So I was really glad that I asked her. Um, she had to be invited. And so um, immediately I felt her presence more than I'd ever felt it before. And I, and I closed my eyes because that's how I'd always felt her before uh, in meditation, you know, like, it, so I closed my eyes, but then her presence was so strong and so powerful that I opened my eyes and I could see this, like, uh, I could see her like a, the, the, the slightest, slightest amount of like just change in the, in the, in the atmosphere in front of me. But there was also this like filament of light on this side of her face. Like it went down and just barely a little bit of her neck. And I was just like squinting, trying to see her, but I could see, a, you know, just this, just a little bit of, of, of energy, uh, you know, cause it was dark. And, um, but, but, but the presence was so, so, so powerful. It was just incredible. And, um, so at one point she, uh, again, she just wanted to hold me. She treated me like I would treat, um, like a, a baby snow leopard walking up to me and on a hike in the woods. Like, I was just like, Oh my God, this is so good. You know, like how just precious, cherished, totally fascinated, um, blown away that she was getting to experience this with me in this way. It was so amazing and so much. I mean, of course I was feeling <laughs> the same way with her and, um, and, and then she, she, she put her hand out and she put her hand on my, my shoulder, my left shoulder. And she reached her hand out and she put it on my left shoulder and it actually went into my body. And wow. at that point, my energy field went like this. It was like, <laughs> like this. And I said, you can't touch me. And she pulled her hand back. And that's what made me really know, like uh, my, I, I just, at that time, like what, I just was not at a high enough frequency. My energy body, my nervous system could not handle um, that much, uh, you know, coming into my system. Um, but uh, so, so that happened. And then we're just sitting there in this, in this loving and, and that's how it always was with her. Like there wasn't a, really a lot of talking. The talking was irrelevant in, you know, um, 
And so, and then probably the coolest thing in the whole night happened. That's um, uh, the smoke from the campfire came and wafted over her. You good? You got folks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids, <laughs> no you know. Yeah. Kids, you know. <laughs> yeah. Got the kiddos coming in. No worries. It's all good. She's just doing something. I don't know what, but <laughs> but it's all good. We can get, we yeah. can continue. That's point of headphones. Yeah. So so this the smoke um, from the fire wafted over her doing, form. <laughs> good. Oh. Go ahead. I I'm used to listening while she's in the background. Trust me. <laughs> um, the smoke from the fire wafted over her. And so you know how when you um, have a, a, a flashlight and you put it, you know, and you you, beam, you shine the beam into the the smoke into smoke, it like makes it where you can it looks solid. Yeah, that's I've what happened that. with you know that's what happened with her. It's like she was a light beam, and as smoke coming over, I could see her face, and I could see her neck and her 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 arm and her torso, and it was just it was super cool. Super, super cool. And then after that, um, you know, we sat there for a while. I'm not even sure how long. And then I finally said, I guess I should get back to Chris. And she said, yes, you should. And then we, um, you know, I, I got up and went over and we, and we watched these ships like they did this. It felt like a show. They took, put on a show for us until about three o'clock in the morning. We finally crawled into the tent and because they were like, moving and you know uh, doing all kinds of stuff popping in and out um doing up and down i mean all it just like amazing amazing things and um yeah it was just it was just the most magical experience of my life so that sounds incredible and so many things are i want to touch on <laughs> but <clears throat> oh and then Sorry. i gotta tell you so and then the next day we went and, and we went to this beautiful creek and we journaled and wrote down the whole thing. You know, not that I would, have, <laughs> it's funny now, like all these years later, like I would never have forgotten a moment of it, but we wrote the whole thing down. And, um, and at that time when I was journaling this out, I got guidance. I started to get guidance from Kaya. Like she started to come through me and she told me that I would one day write about this, them, and about and it, that it would be in story form that it would be a story like an adventure story kind of thing like not you know uh not a non-fiction thing but something where it would reach uh, you know more of a mainstream audience and introduce people to spiritual principles through a really fun um fun and exciting story so that's what i've finally finally done with awake <laughs> the legacy of akara is my novel and it's finally out which, I mean, kind of like a myth almost, or like a like an ancient myth, like because it's they're not fiction; they are things that really did right. happen, yeah. but they just they're so long ago that people think they're fiction a lot of time, or people don't understand that's really reality just a long, long time ago. Yeah, well, and there's you know there's fictionalized parts to it for sure. It's it's yeah. There's I mean, this uh, civilization isn't fictional. Um, this is awake, totally awakened civilization. That's the uh, so the the book takes place on this planet Akara, which I don't know if that's the name of the of the planet, but it's we named it Akara. My co-author and I, and um and on Earth, 
And so it, it takes place on, in both. And so it took quite a while to come up with a, a, an idea for a really fun story that would um, is like a geo quest through Mayan ruins and all this. But then it, it, it is like about these incredible beings and how they come to Earth to help us out. Which, from a lot, from what I talk, from what I talked about with a lot of people, that might not be far from the. That's not. That, that could be the truth at this point. Right. Like, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of different theories about extraterrestrials on this planet, and but yes. most most of them point towards the fact that they've been guiding us since the beginning of our people, and yes. that. I mean, I'm, I've always been a firm believer in that, honestly, because it explains a lot of things in the ancient world that we can't explain for nothing. I mean, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It really does. I mean, and that's that's how I came up with the idea. I was at a Mayan exhibit with a guy, you know, who's like a total guy from Arkansas, like almost a hillbilly, you know, a friend of a, a family member of, of my girlfriend. And and he goes, I said, I wonder how they made all these. And he, he goes, oh, aliens, you know, and I was like, you know, it's mainstream. This is now mainstream. I'm that's I'm doing it. I'm writing about this, and um and that's how it and then it just started to come to me. Yeah, I mean, it's just I, the the way it's believed nowadays compared to the way it was believed back in the '90s. It's completely 180. Yes. I mean, if you talked when I if I talked about aliens when I was a kid in the '90s, like people look at me like I'm crazy. Yes. But nowadays, yes. I can go into any restaurant or store to start a conversation up with somebody and almost guarantee they're gonna almost guarantee that they're gonna believe in aliens to some degree like absolutely thank god that's why it's like the timing of this that's why i didn't tell anybody i told my closest closest friends and family like probably seven people total and then uh, because i was like you know yeah the and then we're like right before the book came out the summer last summer uh you know the u.s comes out and and even it admits that they're seeing all these ships all over the place so yeah it's a totally different era and it's yeah i'm really grateful for that i mean i am as well for different reasons obviously but um <laughs> it's just it's crazy and it's funny because i've actually talked to other psychics as well about the fact that 2012 what the minds may have been predicting was a spiritual awakening like a more of like a destruction of the old way of thinking more yes. than like the structure of the planet type of thing. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there was a, there's, a, and this is true. There was also, in addition to the prophecy of darkness, which is the end of the world, there was a prophecy of light. And that was that if the, if the, um, and this is in my book, if the, if the planet makes it, then there's this whole prophecy of light and it's beautiful. The language is just beautiful. The whole thing is in, um, uh, in in the book, and, and there's a shaman character, a Mayan shaman character, who you know reads this, you know, the prophecy of light, and um, she's you know the aliens come, and she's like, oh, this is the prophecy of light. They've come to you know uh, bring in bring in the prophecy of light. So yeah, it's uh, I love that part of the book. Uh, I can't say I've ever heard about the prophecy of light before, but that would make more sense if there was more to it. Than yes. what people just, I mean, than the common beliefs people throw towards 2012. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. But yeah, Absolutely. I mean, I mean, from my read of your book, it seems incredible. And you mentioned a system in there that the Arcana, the Arcana is in, and the Clidian, or I, I, I 
Euclidean? The Pleiades. They're in the Pleiades. Yeah, they're in the Pleiades. Yeah. And I do think that this uh, uh, Kaya and her people are are from the Pleiades. I do. Um, that kind of was uh, one of the many downloads that I got after this experience. I started to have m all these incredible downloads that went into the novel about quantum energy. Um, it, it, a lot with um, the sh uh, using sacred geometry, the shape of a torus, which is kind of a shape of a donut. Um, and it's the uh, primary shape in the universe. Um, from atoms to all the way to the Milky Way galaxy um, to the, um, uh, you know, human uh, chakra system, um, the central channel, and then, it, you know, the big, the aura that goes around. Um, so uh, I got all kinds of information about space travel, um, you know, quantum travel going in and out of uh, space time, um, unlimited energy. Um, now it, it was really amazing because when I started getting this, this shape and all these things that, that were related to it, um, I did not know what it was called and I'd never seen one before. And, um, I was telling a, a friend, um, a boyfriend of my friend and, uh, he was a very advanced dude. And he told me that's a Taurus. <laughs> and I was like, there's a name for this. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. And I looked it up. And um, it is actually like based, it's what Tesla, uh, you know, the Tesla coil is a Taurus. Yeah. Um, all, all this stuff, it's just, it's just amazing. If people look up Orange Theory Taurus, um, you can see what a Taurus is and that it has some of the um, really cool theories about this shape and how profound it is and how it can actually, if we can, if we can harness um, this, that it can actually be a source of unlimited free energy. Um, so that was coming, the education system, uh, economics, um, healing, um, uh, quantum healing, um, which I do now. I do healing. I, do, I'm a, I have a master's in spiritual psychology. I'm, I do spiritual counseling um, and this work um, and the energy in the um, Kaya I work with her um, and um, she comes through in a subtle way. She's not given to talking to me. So do you consider you and your girlfriend at that time possibly starseeds? Because it's been mm. theorized that a lot of people who get abducted or have experiences with uh, UFOs and aliens are starseeds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's interesting. So what's been coming lately, um, and this is after 20 years, <laughs> Uh, is that, and it's weird for me to say this, honestly, but it's like, it's been coming through pretty strongly is that Kaya is another, uh, it, it, like it, we're multidimensional beings. We're interdimensional beings. And I think she is me on another dimension. That's oh. what it, what's kind of been coming in the last, I mean, really recently, um, and, uh, that she's coming through and, uh, the last time she came through was really, really powerfully and uh, dropped in like for the first time, instead of being outside of me, she was like inside of me. Like she was like, I felt her inside of me. Yeah, that makes that you makes know? sense in some ways. Because I mean, some people say that with all this other dimensions out there that, I mean, you talk about astral projection. I know someone who can astral project. Mm -hmm. And he said that like in all these different dimensions, there's other 
species basically that can mm -hmm. take over human bodies yeah i mean and we're you know we are uh living simultaneously all different kinds of lives not just you know other incarnations here but all kinds of lives and dimensions so it was just yeah though when she came was actually inside of me the last time that was a really big transition and um that was powerful i couldn't stop crying <laughs> i cried for like for because it was so intense it was so beautiful and and she and and the feeling that i got from her was gratitude um and it, for me and it, and it, and it was this feeling of gratitude of like thank you for being here in this density <laughs> this dense ass place and doing this and that she doesn't have to <laughs> was kind of the feeling <laughs> you know? mommy's pants put them back tell mommy to find your pants but i mean yeah it's i mean it's insane too because that's also kind of ties into my theory on reincarnation or at least mm -hmm. the theory that i put together after being told by multiple mediums what they believe mm -hmm. that basically when we when we're reincarnated our spirits go up to heaven space whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. and we basically can just we go to like a holding cell almost until we're ready to go back into another body or mm -hmm. if we achieved our goal we go on to a place that no one knows about no one knows what to call it it's just another place further beyond yeah. right yeah yeah i think that's i think that's accurate and I, I think there are many dimensions and i think we get stuck in this on this merry-go-round when we uh you know don't evolve and you know but when we do and we can we start to to open and awaken then um then we get to do other things so um yeah exactly exactly mm -hmm. which so does your what is your theory on reptilians if you don't mind me asking i don't have one i haven't had any experience with them um and uh, i do know that people have and uh you know people have access to all kinds of stuff and i my, my mine's like really very uh narrow um you know it's pretty cool <laughs> but it's narrow and i haven't had any experience outside of this, um, you know, and, and just with Kaya, I haven't even met anybody else, you know, Chris did, but, um, uh, you know, it's just really been with her. So, um, I don't know if I want to either. It sounds scary. A lot of that stuff. I get, I get scared so easily. <laughs> I'm such a wuss. <laughs> so, but I've read, I've read quite a bit about it. I've listened to people interviewed and, and the abductions I've, you know, of course, since I've been talking about this, I've had a lot of people, um, contact me, tell me about their abductions. I just had a woman tell me about hers when she was 14 years old in um, uh, Argentina. And so, uh, you know, I, I've heard quite a bit about all kinds of things. And so, man, there is so much more going on than we ever thought when I was growing up. I mean, this, that, this stuff was not part of the, re you know, reality. And now it's just like, wow, man, we are really... Oh opened up oh yeah there are people who didn't back then and even in the 90s there are people that thought roswell was a complete like mm -hmm. science science fiction dream yeah they never never would have made it real but now almost everybody has an opinion on aliens and they have and they'll tell you right away what they think of it without even only yeah only people who won't only people who won't who won't talk about it in public are in the government wonder right. why yeah <laughs> exactly yep it's true. Yeah. So I don't have, I, but I, I have heard quite a bit of, you know, a lot, a lot of stories. I helped a woman edit her book about her abduction and, uh, 
her discovery of it because she didn't remember it except you know there was all kinds of weird missing time and stuff and hers was in um the uh, north pole she was working for the military in some godforsaken ugh, base in the you know like in the arctic and um that's where hers happened and that was a trip i mean really and then she was totally in denial about it and then she finally um you know, realized that something was up and started to get into it. And then she became an investigator for MUFON. Um, so, yeah, amazing stories. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, y'all, you said you really don't have an opinion of reptilians, but do you think there's more than one extraterrestrial species out there in space, or do you think it's all the type that you kind of saw? No, yeah, I think there's, I think there's more than one. Um, I, I have a hard time, and I know people are going to be like freaking naive, <laughs> bleeding heart. I have a hard time believing that there is, uh, there, there are species that are really, really malevolent and dark um, and doing horrible, dark things. Now, I know people, there are stories about that, but what <sighs> my heart tells me is that in order to survive long enough and not kill each other off, there has to be some sort of conscious evolution. Like if, if technology gets so far ahead of consciousness, I think the technology ends up causing self-destruction. Um, and so, which is what we're playing with right now. And so, you know, that's just my theory and it may be Pollyanna, I don't know. I'm humble. Um, but, uh, I just, it's really hard for me to think that people there, that there's a malevolent, malevolent energy that's organized enough and in agreement enough and have enough cohesiveness to, um, you know, to create technology advanced enough to be here and doing these abductions and things like that. You know, I mean, you'd hope that the, that people would evolve enough consciously to not behave like humans do basically. But exactly. I hate, I hate to say though, I mean, I feel like there has to, there's always yin yang out there. If there's always, if there's, if there's good, there yeah. has to be some bad and it's just the way, yeah. the whole, it's the way the universe works. And I mean, there, yeah. and uh, there's no way that all of them would not develop that technology before they evolved consciously. Like they would just, some of them are going to have this, smartest scientists of any in the universe and they're going to figure it out like way before they should but right yeah I mean. yeah no i know it's true i just it's just the, the the beings that i met you know this this race of and they're so 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 powerfully loving and kind and i mean it's not even there's it's it's impossible to even describe it sounds almost it sounds so banal but it's just so profound and so yeah i i'm sure that there are that kind of stuff going on now there is this one woman who had this abduction that i helped her edit her 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 uh her book she did say that she felt like that a lot of the negative experiences that people have with with their abductions is because they're fear because they're afraid and it's the fear that causes the these you know a lot of this uh, memories, this t scary memories and things like that. I'm not saying that's all, but that was her theory. 
Um, she thought that, you know, it wasn't like that there's a lot of aliens that, around, but that they are, um, you know, well, by and large, um, you know, uh, benevolent. I mean, I can believe that 90% of them are, but there's got to be 10% out there that are just, I mean, yeah. maybe they're maybe they're 90s protecting us from them. I mean, right. I'm a huge, I'm a huge believer that there has to be some kind of like space UN almost out there of different races that meet. And yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure, they, I'm sure a lot of them agreed a long time ago, leave that backwater planet alone and let's just let it be. Yeah. But, I mean, but eventually we've been making a lot of progress over the last 50, 60 years. So yeah. Thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> All bets are off. I don't know. Anything could be happening this, these days. I mean, it's, things have changed so much. I mean, it's just a totally different uh, time and world and we're, you know, in a completely different place energetically and uh, we're opening to all kinds of new dimensions and stuff. So, you know, uh, to me, it's like uh, uh, there's all the possibilities are out there. But you're right. I would say like, yeah, you know, probably 10 percent, you know, there's going to be some kind of, you know, assholes, <laughs> you know, doing what they do since that's what happens. Like you said, in the universe, there's, there's the, con, you know, full continuum of light and dark. So. This dude is so good yeah. at farming. I mean, yeah, there has to be, but I don't know. I mean, that, that, see, it's weird. Cause until I really started looking into it with this podcast, I only ever heard of like the grays, the reptilians and the Norse looking extraterrestrials. Right. But, and then once I started talking to different people on this show, I mean, like I said before, especially star seeds, like that's when I first heard of the uh, the P galaxy. I'm gonna call because I know I can't pronounce the name, but the Pisciliad or maybe Pleiades. Pleiades. Why don't I always mm. want to put C's in there? I don't know why, but <laughs> but yeah, the Pleiades. Like that's where I heard of that for the first time. Is that because that's where they said they talked to their mm -hmm. guides, which from the Pleiades universe. So right. Yeah, that now that's high vibration. The Pleiades is very high vibration. You can see it in the sky. It's the seven sisters, um, and uh, it was really cool when I was doing research for Awake. Uh, the this the seven sisters constellation, which is the Pleiades, which is also Subaru. Um, that's the name for it in um, in uh, uh, Japanese. That's what it's named. The car company's named after it's the Pleiades, but. Um, it's uh, it's the it's in Tikal, which is the a major Mayan ruin in um, the jungles of northern Guatemala. Um, is it, the the buildings are in the same exact place as the Pleiades? They're built in the just like the the constellation. Um, so, and I think that points to, you know, pr pretty direct involvement, you know, from from that star cluster. Of beings highly so. possible i mean a lot of ancient civilizations i think they these gods that they saw come down from the sky were mm -hmm. not they were gods to them that's for sure yeah, but they, for sure but they yeah. were they're just extraterrestrials that are more advanced and knew yeah. how to do more more stuff than they did but yeah exactly. being, I, I i fully believe it and i actually drive a palladies then but <laughs> me too me too i love it I know that's oh. what the the the, the uh, you know their logo is. If you look at it, it's the the stars. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I can picture it. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. interesting. I never thought I never heard of that, but yeah, I love it. Good to know. 
Mm-hmm. Very makes, cool. Makes, makes my car even more special, even though I know. It's, all, it's even all more I've, cool, right? Exactly. It's the, only, it's the only car company I ever really owned. So mm-hmm. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a fan for sure. So yeah, so in in the book, it's um, you know, there's a lot of uh kind of cool facts like that, you know, that are revealed in this like cool quest through Mayan ruins and all these clues, you know, to how you know aliens were involved and um you know, the etchings and, um, this, this shaman helps them figure this out and stuff like that. So, uh, it's pretty cool. The Mayan, the, the Mayan, um, you know, connection, but then, you know, it's like Egyptian, you know, a lot of these megaliths and, um, you know, these places around the world that are just like impossible to have been created, you know, by the primitive people of the time. Um, it's fascinating and how much they rely on the stars for their um, orientation, you know, how they're built and things like that. So um, I think all of that is being revealed as well. Yeah. It's, I, I like the whole concept of it because I've been hearing about this stuff from a lot of people and I've always kind of had these ideas myself and it's just funny that now this stuff's probably going to put in the books when, when I was a kid, you couldn't find this in books. Like, right. it was just impossible. And I look forward to finishing your book. That's 100%. That's definitely something I'm going to be doing this weekend at some point. But Thank you. Yeah, I'm trying to make it all mainstream, you know, where it's like it really starts to get out there. Because the, the point is, it's not only just entertain, it's also to um, help open people's minds in a way that we don't have the limited ways of thinking anymore, like in these little boxes, how we think and just open ourselves up to the possibility that there are other dimensions and that there are ways of being together. Cause this race, the, the, this alien race is just a, they're, they're a, an inspiration for what we can be, you know, and yeah. um, like a sister planet, you know, in the, in the book, it says, you know, the aliens are looking at earth and going, Oh, they're our brothers, our sisters, they're us, you know, and it's, tr- and it's true both ways. We could be them. And that's what's possible, it's, you know, and for us to hold a vision of where we can be is so important. And Charles says, I hate to say, it, but they, ET should be afraid of us, mm-hmm. which yeah. Sad, but true. Sad, but true. Yeah. Charles. Right. There's a whole scene in the book where the aliens have come and they're going to save the planet from the end of the world, right? The end of the Mayan calendar is the, the end of the world's about to happen. And they're going to save the planet. They're sitting behind the moon and they're figuring out who we are. They're watching all entertainment and, and news. And, and they're just like, oh my God, <laughs> like, yikes. And they're freaking out that this is where they're going to have to land. And you know, engage with people. And to them, it's like, I think, you know, one of the lines is, it's a snake pit down there, <laughs> you know? And, um, and and it's a bit true of us, you know? But I think, but we have um, our better angels in us. And that's what I'm trying to show is like, we can be more like these aliens and less like animals. <laughs> well, animals are actually nicer than we are often. Um, Usually, yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, we can be less like the egoic, you know, completely caught in our ego, uh, you know, homo sapiens and turn into what a lot of uh, evolutionists call homo universalis, you know, the new human. Hmm. I haven't heard that before, but I like that, actually. 
pretty cool, huh? Yeah, and Charles actually had another question. He asked if I think he means have you been to Dolce and spoken with them? I don't know where Dolce is. I want to say somewhere in the southwest, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't know Dolce. I'm not sure who Dolce is. You want to elaborate there, Charles? Or, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, the Great Awakening definitely happened. Some people say it was 2017. Some people say it was 2012. But it definitely mm-hmm. happened. I think it just depends when you start feeling it. That's yeah, clear. yeah. That, that that transition from 3D to 5D, like where you know, because that's another thing that I saw in this downloads of meditations was I saw the Earth, <clears throat> and 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 it, this is very metaphorical because these things can't be really, you know, uh, put into uh, simple terms otherwise. So shown to me that it's like this bands, almost like a, a rainbow, like, you know, frequencies of light, bands of light. And the earth is moving up through these bands and that we were on the cusp of moving into a new band, a new frequency. And um, so that's supposedly what happened in 2012 is we just, we made that transition into 5D, but we're just baby, baby, baby at the bottom. And, uh, you know, and that's why everything's like, you know, so nuts. Oh, a mountain in New Mexico. Yeah, apparently, apparently Dolce or Dolce is a mountain in New New Mexico. I know I heard the name, but... Yeah, so um, I actually lived in Santa Fe <clears throat> for many years. I've been to Santa, northern New Mexico a lot, but I've never heard of Dolce. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know that area. I know Los Alamos, you know, and there's a lot. Of, I actually did see a ship in Santa Fe um, just moving. I don't know what kind it was, but there was moving light in the sky, and several people saw it. It was at a friend's birthday party, and... We were just, you know, I was telling, I was actually, it was one of the times I was telling this story to a guy who's like this really amazing astrologer, well-known, quite well-known astrologer, all these books. And I was telling him the story and we were outside and he, he didn't believe me of all people. This was because this was back in, you know, right after it happened, he didn't, he was just like, no, that's not true. And I looked up and, and I, and um, there was one right there moving. And I said, what do you say about that? And he's like, Oh my God, it was so perfect. I feel like maybe Kaya came to my rescue. Um, so yeah, that was cool. Cause I've seen ships, I've seen moving things um, a, a few times. That time I saw one over, just we're driving from San Diego to LA, a very big one actually. Um, and um, uh, is there any others? Oh yeah, one in Crestone, Colorado, not too long ago. That was my last one. Um, and that place is, you know, full of people see them all the time. I don't know if you've heard of Crestone, but it is a trippy, trippy place um, with very interesting people. I believe I've heard the name. I, mm-hmm. I've, heard of a lot, I've heard of a lot of different places. <laughs> yeah. UFOs and extra yeah it's, it's one of those places that just has like, whoo, all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, um, I saw one there. So, you know, three or four other times I've seen just moving moving lights and you know in the sky but um never an experience like i had with kaya again i welcome it though i would love to have another one does she still try to contact you or yeah like last week it was two weeks ago she came to me and it's random i don't get to you know i i talk to her and to say like (laughs) come on down you know and i would love to have much more of a of a 
relationship with her where I, she will, you know, just guide me. I, lo- I mean, I listen to people with their guides saying, do this, do that. Like when I'm specific, I, that would be amazing. But that's not my experience with her. But a couple of weeks ago, she came to me and she actually came into my body for the first time. Like this energy of her just was inside of me. And I was, I was crying my eyes out. Like I couldn't stop crying. It was so beautiful. It was, the, my inner, it was so, so, so profound. And and that's when she had this gratitude for me. It was like, she felt like this gratitude for me being here in this like density, you know, like this, like that I, you know, it's like, thank you for dealing with us, you know, um, and kind of getting how intense it is to be here. So that was the last time I experienced her. Well, I mean, well, have we definitely would want to talk to you again in the future if anything, if it ever went to another level beyond that even. But oh, that's, yeah. that, that, I mean, that's insane. That's insane, but I am jealous because I wish it was happening to me. I, I wish it happened every day. I would love it every day, and I would love to have her be just like with me all the time. And, um, you know, yeah, it would be, be amazing. I get so frustrated sometimes with the, you know, the veil. It's like that, that there's such a heavy veil um here sometimes where it's just like because i i i just would love to have that higher vibration and experience and be you know all of us to be in you know really clear contact with other dimensional beings who have so much more freedom and wisdom and love and you know and just uh you know so much to offer us. And I know more and more people are having that experience. So I'm grateful. A lot of, you know, a lot of people are, you know, having NDEs and near death experiences and, 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 you know, reporting them and people who've had them in the past or so it's a lot of stuff opening up, but uh, yeah, bring it on. Come on, <laughs> Kaya, come to me. <laughs> well, Charles actually had another question and it, at the perfect time, Charles, cause I was about to, say this anyway he wants to know the name of your book so this is your chance why don't you just tell everybody where they can find your book yes where they can can follow you if they want to follow you yeah it's called awake the legacy of akara a-k-a-r-a so awake the legacy of akara and it is um you can you can look it up. Uh, it's on Amazon, Kindle. It's on Audible, um, and uh, you can get it as a paperback as well. Um, really proud of the paperback. Um, lots of cool um, images in there, um, and and stuff you know um, to see there. And our and the website is super cool. It's uh, awakethenovel.com, and you can see my book trailer, which is really amazing. It's designed it by Dan Schmidt, isn't it? It's so it's incredible. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. So it's super cool. And it's, um, it's designed by Dan Schmidt, who, who uh, created all the Samadhi films, which have like 30 million views on YouTube. And um, if you go to awakethenovel.com, the homepage, and you can, it's right there. And then there's a section on there called discover the world of awake. Uh, on the homepage as well. And you just, there's different images and you can click on them and there's a lot of the symbolism and teachings and and stuff there. So the website's really super fun. And on there, sign up for my newsletter and you will get a copy, a PDF copy of this, of, of my story with pictures and images. 
And so you'll get to see what a medicine wheel looks like. <laughs> um, and so, um, yeah, that's all on the website. And then there's also everywhere you can buy it, which is a lot of places. So um, all the on online, all the retailers you can get it at. So, yeah, I'd love for any feedback. Please, please, please let me know what you think. Email me. Um, I'd just love to hear what you guys think about the book. Um, it took me eight, eight years and a writing partner to finally write. I have two other books um, by, published by Random House. Um, I wrote first because I knew I did not have the chops to pull off an Awakened Civilization epic sci-fi adventure. So I wrote other things that were much easier to write and they beautifully got published. Um, and so... Um, if you, yeah, you can just look up my name too, Dana Dunbar and, um, check out, check out all my books. But, uh, this one is the one that took me was, was the whole reason I started writing and it took me eight years to, to, to go from first draft, right. Starting the first draft to getting it out into the world. So it's like, a definitely my baby. So I would love for you guys to check it out. Let me know what you think. Yes, please do check it out. And I will ask this. Do you have any possible ideas for a sequel? If it doesn't oh, yeah. Well, well, the thing that I'm kind of most excited about now is a prequel. Because um, in the book, the Akaran civilization is a thousand years. It's like the, the setting of the book is a thousand years after they went through the ravaging era. And so their ravaging era, it was like basically what we're going through now. And so, and it was just like, they almost killed each other off. They were on the brink of extinction. They had, there was a, enough pe people called the wise ones left the madness and the war and the fighting <coughs> and the greed and went to vital zones across the planet. What's called vital zones and did awakening practices together in community. And then enough of them woke up in certain percentage, they crossed the threshold in consciousness that it caused a spontaneous awakening across the planet. And that's called the rebirthing. And so um, it's a thousand years after the rebirthing started. And so I want to go back and write about the transition from the ravaging to the rebirthing era. Um, and like the whole origin story of how did they get to be these awakened light beings. Um, and so that's the prequel. And then I do want to write a sequel to, the, um, to, to this story as well. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. That's what that's what I was hoping you would say is that there'd be more, but because I definitely can't. From what I read in this one already, I want to finish it, and I would hope there'd be more coming out. It's funny. I mean, I've I've read so many good books just from hosting this podcast and reading the yeah. material of the people I talk to. It's just amazing. Right. Yep, yep, yep. That's cool. Very cool. It's wonderful that you're doing this, Jeremy. Really, and you know, sharing people's stories and getting this out there and sharing people's you know work that they're that they're putting into the world and. Really appreciate it. Well, it's my pleasure. And I want to thank you for coming on today, Dana. It's been amazing. And I can't wait to get this episode out. Yeah. But I, all my listeners know where you can find me. So please, I'm on all the socials. Just search Paranormal the New Normal. Yes. Other than that, other thank than that, you. thank you, Dana, for coming on. And I will see all my listeners yes. in, in about half a week. Thank you all, right. all and have a good day. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you all. Bye-bye. Thank you, Dina.